So today I was reading Romans 1.16. And now if you've listened to the last one, that was Romans 1.18. And just so you know, I do reread chapters, especially when something sticks in my mind and I can't figure out what's going on. I'll, I'll stop and I'll reread that chapter and I'll meditate on it. And sometimes I'll reread it and reread it and reread it until finally I feel a sense of satisfaction and then I'll go on. Uh, and not to say that I've plumbed the depths of it, but sometimes I just feel it's time to go on and I'll come back to it another time. So today I was reading Romans 1.16 where Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I was staggered at the depths of theology stuck into that verse. For it is the power of God. And the gospel then, well, what's the gospel? The gospel is the truth that Jesus died to forgive us our sins. Well, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the acknowledgement first that I have done something wrong. I don't ask for forgiveness when I've done the right thing. I ask for forgiveness when I've done the wrong thing. And so the gospel is even though you have done wrong and you have done wrong, God is offering you forgiveness. And that's the gospel. And that truth, that truth that God is offering you, that God is offering me forgiveness for the sins that I have committed. God is doing this. And so God then stands as the ultimate judge. And the ultimate judge is offering forgiveness because he is the one that I've sinned against. The one that I've ultimately sinned against, the ultimate judge, the father of all creation, the one whom all people will stand before, is offering me forgiveness for all the wrongs that I have done. And that is the power of salvation. The power of God for salvation. Salvation comes through the truth that God is offering to forgive me all the wrongs that I have done. And that truth changes a person to everyone who believes. And so that truth, sadly, is for the people who don't yet believe, but it's only effective for the people who do believe. And so that's the two. To everyone who believes, it's directed. And it's directed at this group, everyone who believes. And so if you want to be saved, what do you have to do? Believe. That's our call. Believe. And belief is more than 
to know about something. And it's even more than feeling something. Because feelings aren't necessarily beliefs. And knowledge isn't necessarily beliefs. And here I actually line up more with the existential philosophers who believed uh, that, who claimed that beliefs are demonstrated in actions before or in a greater way than they are demonstrated by my creed, my pronouncement. And so how do you know what someone believes? You watch what they do. And so here, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. How do we live out the fact that God forgives us that God is willing to, that God is able to, that God is just to forgive us for all the wrongs that we have done. That God is offering that in Jesus, has offered that in Jesus, is offering that in Jesus. That means that the wrongs that I've done, instead of me hiding them, instead of me uh, disregarding them, because that's, uh, why would I hide the wrong that I have done. It would be out of shame. It could be out of fear. It could be out of shame. Talked about fear. But it could be out of shame. Um, and shame is to some degree a fear. A fear that someone is going to think lower of me than I want them to think. Uh, shame. And, and so I would hide what I have done. And God says, I already know what you have done. And I offer you forgiveness. And so how do we live that out? That means that we would bring the wrong that we have done and that we would bring that to God and ask him to forgive us for it. Instead of trying to hide it ourselves or trying to pay for it ourselves, we're promised forgiveness. And so if you think about the college student who is, you know, $90,000 in debt and someone says, hey, I am willing to forgive you your debt. The school says, I am willing to forgive you your debt. You just have to trust me. Well, how do we enact that trust? Then when the next bill comes, we send it back to the college and say, you have promised to forgive this. It is forgiven. It is forgiven. Here is the promise that I have. And so that sin that I have, that debt that I have accrued in the past, I can say, no, you have promised to forgive that. See, here is here is your promise. I am trusting your promise. And that's how we live that out. And that's the power of salvation. And so to save me then from my sin. And in this, I'm called to bring these promises to God. As my, as my soul convicts me, as, as I walk in what is wrong, God tells me, bring that to me. I'll bring, I'll give you forgiveness. It is the power of God for salvation, the gospel. That I, that God has forgiven us the wrongs that we have done. Now that doesn't give us the right then to go and live wrong. Why would we want to do that anyways? Who would really want to live wrong? Who would want to live in error? Who would want to live in a way that's going to be bad for them and bad for the people that are around them? Even if they, and sometimes we do want sin, but it's bad for us. It's, it's sin. And so if I want sin, then I want something that's bad for me and I'm called then to love God, love myself, and love my neighbor. So that means that I, I won't live in sin. So that's my calling in my life. It's the power of God for salvation. 
And so even those sins in the past, as those sins are forgiven, those can be redeemed. And that's also this promise of salvation. So those situations, so those circumstances in the past, instead of being a burden unto me, instead of being a burden for me, they now can, I, I can have freedom from them. And not only can I have freedom from them, but I can learn from them and walk in greater and greater righteousness. For the gospel, the fact that God has forgiven us for the wrong that we have done, that God is willing to forgive us for the wrong that we have done, which is called to, to trust him, to come to him. The fact that that's been forgiven means that I can now come to God to receive that forgiveness. And then the situation in which I sinned, I can learn from that. That can actually become good for me and good for the people who are around me. The situation itself has been redeemed. It has been saved. Saved from being something that is shameful and painful and hurtful to something that can actually benefit me and benefit everyone around me to the glory of God because God has forgiven me for the sins of that situation. And so today as I was reading this, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. It's the thing that does this. The truth of God's forgiveness is the thing that saves the one who believes, and then not only the one who believes, but then also the situation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But I'm not going to get into that today. I just wanted to look at this. So the question that I have for you today is, do you believe the gospel? Do you live that out? Do you live in such a way as to say, God has forgiven me? So then if someone else refuses to forgive me or if someone else looks down upon me for the thing that God has forgiven me for, that's now on them instead of on me because God has forgiven me. What right does another person then have to look down on me for something that God has forgiven me for? Are you living out the gospel? Because that's what it means to believe it. To walk in that. Strive to apply the truth of the gospel into all aspects of your life. And this is something that I strive to do. And that I am striving to do. And that I am then reminded of as I was reading Romans 1 verse 16. May God bless you today.